You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I'm your host, Steph. It is Friday, October 27th, and we're just days away from the 49ers hosting the 3-3 Cincinnati Bengals in Santa Clara. It'll finally be nice for, I think, 49ers to be back home where they belong. It seems like they're missing some juice on the road, so hopefully that'll get a, give them, you know, that extra juice that uh, we just haven't been seeing. But joining me to talk about the latest 49ers updates and all the key matchups, as always on a Friday, is Lori Fitzpatrick. Lori, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm I kind of feel like crap after last week's showing. So I'm gonna try not to be like too high on uh, anything. Yeah, but like what I said, and then like when the game happened, it was like embarrassing. Like in terms of like I was like, oh, they're gonna whip their ass. We all thought that. (laughs) We all thought that. Like, and I think that makes the the loss so much worse, right? For for all of us, the fact that. We really thought the Browns game was just a blip and we saw them lose the exact same, well, not the exact same way, but, you know, some of the same issues that we saw against the Browns resurfaced against the Vikings. So I don't think anyone could have predicted that. I, I thought they were going to make a, a full 180 and, you know, smash the Vikings, but two games in a row now that they've lost. So definitely looking for a win against the Bengals. And like I said, they are going to be home. Santa Clara, the weather is going to be beautiful, almost too beautiful. It's it's October, people. Like, why is it still 75 degrees in, in California? That's all I want to know. I, I'll i be there, so I'm, I'm happy that it's not going to be, like, cold or anything. Um, but, yeah, hopefully I won't need my shorts because those have been put away for the season. but let's get into the injury report because I think this is what we've all kind of been waiting for I'll start with the Bengals side look they have two players that will be out both of which um, as far as I know are not starters I mean Chase Brown's definitely not a starter and so Bengals still relatively healthy coming off their bye week but it's a bit of a different story for the 49ers as Debo Samuel he will remain out through the bye week as we knew when we heard that he had a hairline fracture in his shoulder but the two that we were mostly wondering about right now is Brock Purdy and Trent Williams. Purdy, who entered the concussion protocol on Tuesday, participated in walkthroughs Wednesday. He was limited uh, and was able to practice in full uh, on Friday. So th- that's today. He practiced in full, which is pretty crazy given how late he entered the protocol and this being a short week for the 49ers but Kyle Shanahan spoke to the media today he was asked about Brock Purdy's status and he pretty much confirmed that Brock Purdy has one last step one last test to pass before being cleared for Sunday's game and of course if he does get cleared he's going to be full go for that game as he should be so quite the turnaround and then for Trent Williams uh, it's still a little murky for Trent Williams. He's, uh, Kyle Shanahan said that he's doing better than last week, but still not sure, and he's going to need to see improvements in the next 48 hours uh, to really know for sure. And that one will probably go till the kickoff uh, before they have to announce uh, their, you know, who's out, who's in uh, 
inactives before the game on Sunday. So we won't know about Trent until then. Uh, and hopefully we get a little more clear, clarity on Brock Purdy at some point tomorrow. But that's what yeah, we're looking at. That's a, it makes me a little nervous because, you know, if it's, if, especially if it's Sam Darnold in there, um, you know, I guess Purdy is, who's looking more positive to playing at this point? Purdy or, um, or, uh, Trent to me I mean it feels it feels like Brock Purdy because yeah. based on him being able to practice in full today and he just has one more step one more test to pass and you know he's going to be tested on that uh tomorrow Saturday um I I would think it's it's Purdy at this point it seems very positive which is a big surprise again like just given when he entered the protocol um I think also the thing with Trent Williams, because it's his ankle, I think you want to err on the side of caution a little bit more. But yeah, like it, it does seem like Brock Purdy is going to be available. Like right now, if I, you know, I don't want to speculate or anything, but just based on what we know so far, I feel pretty optimistic right now about Brock Purdy being available. And I think you said it like, I like if Trent Williams is out, we saw what that looks like, right? Last week. Exactly. I think if Brock Purdy's out, Trent Williams needs to be out there for me to feel better about Sam Darnold potentially starting. But as of right now, like I don't even want to think about Sam Darnold potentially starting because I think Brock Purdy has a good chance to play. So in the show today, we'll just assume that Brock Purdy's going to play just based on you know the positive <laughs> news that we got today. And again, it's not 100% that he's going to play, but we're just going to assume for the sake of, you know, doing this preview, uh, for the sake of doing this podcast, right? But, you know, like I said, it, it's going to be big. If the 49ers can have both or either one of those guys back because the 49ers coming off two losses in a row, they're facing a hungry Bengals team who's they, – they're looking to gain some momentum, right, after a slow start of their season. And, like, I simply think this Bengals team – and their offense in particular will probably resemble more of the 2022 Bengals uh, than the week one to four Bengals that we saw earlier this season. And the stats kind of back that up from weeks one through four. They were 27th in offensive EPA and 24th in defensive EPA in weeks five through six. They were 12th and 4th, respectively. That's a huge jump. Wow. So, like, even from weeks 4 to weeks 5 and 6, like, they're a completely different team. Now coming off their bye week, like... And Joe they have had two weeks like, to prepare. Like, come on. Pretty much. I mean, it, Joe Burrow coming off that calf injury, and, you know, that I think that really hindered him in, in the early going of the season. Coming off that bye, they're going to feel extra refreshed and like you said they've had extra time to prepare for the 49ers yeah I mean it's 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 definitely you know one thing you want to worry about um is kind of getting to Joe Burrow that's something that you you're going to want to do you know for the 49ers and them being able to protect him has always been an issue even when they you know went to the AFC championship um you know he what they he had like some of the top five most sacks uh in the nfl and there's you know they were still able to play well 
Um, but I think, you know, you're not going to be able to recover um, if you're playing against a team like the 49ers. You know, they have a really good coverage, um, you know, on top of that really good uh, pressure rate. So, you know, it will be tough. I think that'll be key for the 49ers this week is to get to Joe Burrow. Yeah, absolutely. That is one of the keys of the game for the 49ers. We'll talk more about Joe Burrow in a bit, but let's start with our uh, cautionary matchups here. Not to say that, the, uh, you know, Joe Burrow isn't one of them, but, you know, I want to start on the 49ers offensive line. Um, Lori's tired of hearing me complain about the 49ers offensive line, but this time it's not only the right side that I'm going to talk about. I'm actually going to talk about Jalen Moore because, as I said, Jalen Moore is the guy who's filling in for Trent Williams. If Trent Williams is unable to go for the game, which right now let's just assume Trent Williams, you know, doesn't play on Sunday again for the sake of, you know, uh, previewing these matchups. So if Jalen Moore plays, he's going to be lining up against Bengals best pass rusher in Trey Hendrickson and Jalen Moore only allowed one pressure last week. All right. I do understand that. So a lot of people might be wondering, well, Steph, like he, he did well, like, why are we worried about this? Well, Hendrickson ranks 13th in pass rush win rate at 23.6%. He's fourth in sacks in the league with seven. He's tied for fourth. Um, And he lines up almost exclusively over the left tackle. So, again, if Trent can't go, this could be a tough day for Jalen Moore. It's definitely going to be a bigger test than he had last week. Um, But I I will say this. like, if, If Purdy is able to play, I think I feel just slightly better if it's Jalen Moore, then, for example, if it was Sam Darnold and Jalen Moore was at left tackle, if that makes sense. No, it definitely does because Sam Darnold has had a history of not being good under pressure. So I think it is a big thing. Um, and, you know, they just have to get, um, you know, Ayuk open uh, right off the bat. They have to run those quick slants. They have to get the ball out quick. So, you know, I'm not as worried as, you know, as you are, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, just as long as they, they continue on that scheme, obviously that they're on and just get the ball out quick. So, all right. Well, I, I did mention like, you know, the right side is not off the hook. Colton McKivitz, I'm looking at you. He allowed six pressures last week against Daniel Hunter. This week he's going up against Sam Hubbard, who's third in the NFL in quarterback hits. And going back to McKivitz, when it comes to blown blocks percentage, he ranks 125th out of 136 offensive linemen with at least 150 pass blocking snaps. That is not great. And it just tells you how, you know, how much McKivitz has struggled this season. So while he won't be going up against the best pass rusher on the Bengals, Hubbard is still a pretty capable edge rusher um, who could give McKivitz some issues. Yeah, no, I I would definitely be worried about him. Um, That's pretty much going to be like what people are going to be looking at most um, is just that defensive line and trying to get, you know, through the 49ers offensive line. They're kind of I don't want to say they're like beat up. Um, Obviously, um, you know, uh, Trent Williams being, uh, uh, you know, a, a question mark does make them beat up. But at the same time, you know, he didn't. Like the, whoever came in for him, I don't even know who it was. Was it Jalen? You just said Jalen yeah, Moore. Yeah, like yep. Like he didn't do that bad. So, but yeah, Sam Harbert's only lining up on one side. Um, it is something that McKivitz is gonna he's gonna have to step up more than he ever has before. Um, because you know Hubbard just has another week of rest. So, 
Yeah, that too. I mean, like I said, the I think with Purdy, if he's he's at quarterback, I'd feel a hell of a lot better just because Purdy also has like that elusiveness movement in the pocket that will help his offensive line if needed. But let's talk about the Bengals quarterback now and how the 49ers defense could fare against him. So to go back to my earlier point that, you know, this Bengals team is going to be a different one that, you know, we all saw in weeks one through four, Burrow is also a different quarterback than he was earlier in the season. Um, In weeks one through four, he was throwing at or behind the line of scrimmage on 31% of his attempts, the second highest in the league in weeks five and six, 25.9 of his attempts were at or behind line of scrimmage. So, it's decreased. And again, like we keep talking about this rest, this bye week should help him. He's getting back to normal. This offense is getting back to normal. So I would even expect that number to decrease some more against the 49ers. It's kind of tough to like predict, I guess, or, or like prepare for this offense a bit because they haven't been the same offense we've seen from them in, in you know years past, these last couple years these first few weeks of the season. So if, you know, Steve Wilkes is only looking at, you know, weeks one through six to judge what this Bengals team might show up uh, and might be on Sunday. I I don't know. That kind of feels like it, it could be an inaccurate perception of, of what they can look like on Sunday. So I really hope that Steve Wilkes is prepared for, I guess, like a little bit more of an aggressive attack from Burrow and the Bengals offense. Yeah, I think they're going to want to get it out quick. Like Nick Bosa and um, and Joe Burrow, I'm pretty sure they were friends. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. they know each other uh, pretty well. And um, usually when, you know, you play against your friend, you would think like, oh, they're going to take it easy. No, those are the games that you play even harder uh, where you really want to show him, um, you know, the guy across the line. Like, yeah, you know, I'm that dude pretty much, you know, because you're friends and you just – you know, you we want to knock them out because you know at the end of the day you're still gonna, you know, be friends with one another. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Nick Bosa he needs to get to him because um, nobody really like Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's good at handling pressure, but when he sees it all the time, like you have to, you have to make it where he's gonna see those ghosts. Um, they're gonna need to get that pressure. Um, and you know, I'm not trying to move on too quick, but I would be worried about the 49ers defense. You know, they need like the, the coverage guys, the defensive backs, they need that pressure to get there. Uh, yeah. Because last week, man, watching that film, it was not good, uh, especially the cornerbacks. Like they did not do well. And now they're going against one of the best wide receivers in the entire league. Jamar Chase, you got T Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Yeah, man, that entire group. Yeah. Good. And and like you said, like um, Burrow's getting the ball out quick, third fastest in the league, 2.46 seconds. So that's another challenge for this defensive line that's been underperforming, that hasn't been getting to the quarterback, uh, you know, this season. And so that explains also like why the Bengals sack rate is so low. It's down to 5.6%, ninth lowest in the league. And so he's also benefited from the third lowest pressure rate and I, you know, with the, with the quick um, time to throw, like I, he's helping his offensive line, right? Because 
they're actually 31st in pass block win rate and 19th in run block win rate. So those numbers aren't great, but I think just the fact that they've been getting the ball out so quickly, it's been these short throws as of late, right? Um, you know, I, I think we're going to see more of that, and that's one of the things that have kind of impacted the 49ers' defense the most. Now, as far as the splits yeah. against zone coverage, which the 49ers are in most of the time, he has a 42.2 quarterback rating against zone. That's 22nd in the league. And now that the 49ers, like, are having to blitz a little bit more because they can't win with just four, uh, Burrow does have a quarterback rating of 61 against the blitz. But Lori, I'm I'm a little concerned if the 49ers come out blitzing heavy again like they did against Kirk Cousins because like Kirk Cousins, I really feel like Joe Burrow's kind of quarterback also with the weapons that he has, some really good receivers. And if the 49ers blitz, Steve Wilkes would be putting his secondary and his linebackers even in very difficult spots against these receivers. Yeah, um, that's definitely true. Um, they they allowed, I think, the Bengals allowed three sacks in the last three games. Um, you know, three isn't a ton, but it's also you know it's not nothing. Three sacks is still a lot. Um, you know that that three games ago it was against Tennessee Titans where they they got their you know their asses beat twenty seven to three, um, and those you know three three sacks had you know, a significant, um, you know, part of the reason why they lost. So, um, but the next two games, you know, three sacks each, but they were able to get wins. Um, so I still think, you know, maybe they don't put their whole game plan around um, these blitzes. Cause like you said, you don't want to leave your corners or your defensive backs kind of on, on an Island. Um, yeah. But I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little bit worried about a uh, Traverius Ward. Um he has not played like he last week, man, that film was hard to watch. Like, I don't know what happened to him. Like mentally, he just like, wasn't there like on, like on every single curl or comeback route. He was so delayed in his change of direction. Like, um, then he was playing off coverage and he was letting, you know, those receivers basically toy with him. Um, so, you know, maybe this is a game he's gotta, he's gotta reel it back in and bring it back because, if you know if if they're the third fastest getting the ball out, I would be worried. I would be yeah, worried for and, real. Yeah, I mean he he definitely did struggle last week. I think like everyone on the defense was struggling, and I I do think part of that, uh, like Vikings were doing some kind of like creative things with like the routes that they were having Addison run, where it I think a couple of times it caused like a penalty because they were running into him uh, in the middle of his routes. Right. So like that was on purpose, right? Like they, they dialed it up that way, they schemed it up that way. Cause they knew how the 49ers corners were, were going to be lining up. Uh, yeah. They, against- they ran some stacked looks and like, you know, the, the outside, uh, the outside guy, um, you know, lined up furthest towards the sideline. He was off coverage. The nickel was pressed coverage and they would basically just switch and this guy would go this way. And so that corner took forever to get over there because they were switching because he was so far off coverage. So it was basically, you know, just running a pick like in basketball. Um, and, and either you got to line up and let the nickel kind of hang off um, because he's not the better player. It's usually the outside receiver. That's the better player, um, you know, 
So, um, yeah, they're going to have to watch how they, they line up against those stacked looks this week. Yeah, because I would expect that seeing what the Vikings were able to do with Addison and how they were able to, you know, have so much success through the air, the Bengals are going to see that and try to have, you know, attack the 49ers the exact same way. So I really do hope there are some adjustments on the 49ers side. There were adjustments like towards the end of the game. um, But again, like this is this is kind of a different beast because like all three of these Bengals receivers are more than capable of you know blowing up and having a big game we already mentioned you know Jamar Chase he's tied for first in receptions so he's targeted a ton so Mooney Ward could have another challenging day against one of the you know better receivers in the league over the past two games Jamar Chase has a total of 21 catches for 272 yards and three touchdowns that is that's major, right? So he's been a huge contributor as, you know, Joe Burrow has been getting back to his old self, right? And so he's averaging 3.45 yards of of, uh, separation at the time of the ball's arrival when he gets the ball. That's 14th among wide receivers. And so that's the challenge of Jamar Chase and, you know, T Higgins as well, although he's not having the greatest year so far. um, He's also one of those guys who, if you overlook, he can give you problems too. So I really hope the 49ers, um, you know, Lenore could have a good day against him. Lenore's, you know, he's been solid this year and Tyler Boyd, I think going up against Isaiah Oliver uh, is, is another matchup that I'd be a little concerned with in this one too. Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. Sure. Gammon here has a has a podcasting question here. Steph, how do you consistently make eye contact with your camera? I find it difficult and un- unnatural. Also, what does your license plate say? Thank you. <laughs> the license plate says, oh, it's lit. It's my um, old California license plate. But actually here here in Colorado, my plate says the exact same thing. So, oh, it's oh wow. Lit. Does it? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, to the camera question, I I usually refer to notes when I am podcasting, and I put my notes right above, like as high and close to the camera as I possibly could. So I'm not actually looking right into the camera. I'm like most of the time looking at notes and you know looking, you know, down here where I could see, uh, you know, Lori and all that. But yeah, I mean that that's the best way to do it. Just kind of put your your notes as close to the camera as possible. And so it's not like you're looking at like right now I'm looking right at the camera, like we're making eye contact, but you know, just below I'm looking at my notes. You can't really tell. So good question though, Gammon (laughs) appreciate the donation as well. Um, Look, just a couple of like little nuggets though. And these are like positive nuggets before we get to the favorable matchups that I want to end the discussion with uh, talking about the Bengals offense here. Uh, the Bengals use shotgun the second highest rate in the league, and the 49ers have the seventh best defense at defending plays out of shotgun. So that's certainly something that could bode well for them in this matchup. Another thing I'm going to say, and, and a big key for them this week, they have to get off the field on third downs. My God, on third downs this season, the 49ers rush defense alone has allowed teams to gain a first down 79% of the time. That's 32nd in the NFL. So definitely something they need to key in on. One of my favorable matchups this week, or I guess like one of my 
honorable mentions is Joe Mixon, you know, going up against this 49ers defense because they've, he's been largely inefficient. Like he's averaging 3.8 yards per carry. Um, He has eight carries of 10 plus yards. Um, Not that I want to overlook Joe Mixon because the 49ers, you know, run defense hasn't, they've had some blips here and there these last two games. Uh, So definitely not going to overlook him, but I think, the 49ers are capable of making the Bengals one dimensional and, you know, hopefully that can help uh, their pass rush a little bit more. Um, But let's get into Christian McCaffrey because that's one of my favorable matchups in, in this game for the 49ers. He's been averaging just 3.1 yards per carry in the last three games. Not great. 51 yards, 43 yards, 46 yards in weeks five, six, and seven respectively. He also has two fumbles in that span as well, so not great. He has three on the season. Um, But the Bengals' defense are allowing the fourth most rushing yards per game with 142.8. So this could be a, like, well-welcomed get-right game for Christian McCaffrey, I think. Yeah, and they're the um, 26th ranked uh, uh, run defense for EPA, which is terrible. They're 20th in tackles. Um, for loss uh, on run plays. Uh, so that's not great either. Um, so, you know, y- you can stretch the field and not worry about um, the Bengals D getting, you know, behind the line of scrimmage or pushing your guys back. Um, they kind of either stay where they are or they get pushed back. So this has to be a McCaffrey game for sure. Yeah, and, and they're giving up the second highest average yards before contact, 2.1 in the Ooh. league. So... Yeah, and, and the 49ers are averaging 2.54 yards before contact. So I think, you know, given that, I think we could see some some good Christian McCaffrey runs. They're allowing five yards per carry uh, this season. That's 30th in the league. And so, again, like we've kind of been missing that burst of the run game, you know, in this offense. And I, I kind of feel like that's contributed to the offense kind of taking a step back these last two games. Look, I have a lot of trust in Brock Purdy, but like I, I also think as a lot of offenses, um, he he'd benefit from a complementary offense, right? And that involves Christian McCaffrey being efficient on the ground as well. If Brock Purdy's having to do everything and he's having to throw, you know, <laughs> drop back all these times in a game, you know, eventually it's it's not going to look so great, right? So we've saw we've seen some interceptions these last few games. So I, I think having that complement of the run game potentially in this one could very well help the offense overall. Another thing I'm going to mention. So I I mentioned they're allowing five yards per carry, but the Bengals are also allowing six yards per carry to runs on the outside, uh, uh, on the left side. Uh, Sorry, outside the left tackle. So this could be another game where, like, if Trent does play, I don't know if he does, right? But if Trent plays, that's going to be huge because the 49ers are already averaging 6.7 yards per carry on runs outside um, the left tackle when Trent is in there. So I don't know if they'll have that same success with Jalen Moore, but just something to keep an eye on if they do run, you know, have, have those runs to the outside. Yeah, and you know, the, it's kind of funny because they, the Bengals don't really run a lot of, you know, uh, nose tackles. Like they don't really have a lot of, uh, 
you know, a, a nose tackle at zero tech, um, like ever. I think they only had six um, attempts defending the run, um, you know, using that nose tackle. Um, so, you know, you would think that they would be better when guarding the outside and they're not, um, like you said. So that's, that's definitely interesting. Yep. Yep. Um, look, so let, let's go into the next favorable matchup here. And with that one, like I, I want to mention Brandon Ayuk because the Bengals are running a lot of man coverage and, as we've mentioned many times on this pod, when we're doing, you know, these previews, when, when it's man coverage, Brandon Ayuk is the guy you want to target. And, you know, usually he is, this is where I was a little nervous about Sam Darnold potentially starting because I don't know if he'd have that same chemistry, that same connection that Brock Purdy has with Brandon Ayuk. Um, So if Brock Purdy plays and it's, I'm feeling good about it right now. I, I feel good about this matchup, about Brandon Ayuk having a really good game. Um, they, The Bengals play man coverage on 51.3% of their dropbacks. That's the eighth highest. And they're allowing a 63.5 quarterback rating in man coverage. That's 18th in the league. So kind of that's middle of the pack. But their average air yards per attempt against the Bengals is 10.02. That's the highest in the league. So... Um, that could be big for the 49ers for Purdy and this Brandon IU connection that he does have. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think that's going to be an important part. Um, you know, this man coverage and they allow the 10th most yards after reception uh, yards after catch. That's uh that's crazy. Um, you know, they run the, the eighth most cover one, so yeah, it's definitely it's gonna have to be an IU game. Um, and I would be worried too if Sam Darnold is in there because there's no way that he has the anticipation that Purdy has with IU running those quick slants. It's just like immediate when you're watching that film, it's just like yeah. the, the defense just doesn't have a chance. So that that's definitely gonna be a big thing, especially if they're gonna run a lot of cover one like they have been majority of the season. So yeah, we'll have to see about that. Uh, another guy that I do like for for this matchup for kind of the same reasons as Ayuk and you know the cover one and all that is George Kittle. Uh, the Bengals are 22nd at defending the uh, opponents wide receiver two and 27th at defending tight ends. Now, as far as the wide receiver two thing, like Debo's out, so I don't. Maybe it'll be Jawan Jennings. Maybe he could have a good game here too. I don't know, but um. George Kittle, like they're they've allowed four touchdowns to tight ends in six games. The Bengals have they're allowing an average of 50 yards per game to tight ends as well. And Kittle, of course, coming off a five catch 78 yard day against the Vikings, which is, you know, pretty well like uh, I could expect another good day of involvement for him on Sunday. Yeah. And um, remember back in 2021, they played each other and Kittle went off. He had over uh, 150 yards that game. Um, and uh, I think Dax Hill, uh, their free safety, they've been he they've had him following guys around, uh, especially guys like, you know, the tight ends. Um, and uh, when I think like against I think it was against the Ravens, Andrews, he had uh, he went five for eight for 40 yards um, when they played the Rams. Higby went five for five for 71 yards. 
So he didn't miss a single catch. So I 100% agree with you, especially just looking at these stats. I haven't had a chance to watch a ton of Bengals all 22 this season. Um, But just looking at those stats, um, you know, Kittle, this has to be an X factor uh, game for him for sure. Yeah, I I think so too. And if you look at, uh, you know, when the Seahawks played the Bengals, um, Two week, I guess that was two weeks ago because the Bengals just had the bye. Geno Smith was 16 of 16 on passes where the Bengals linebackers were the nearest defender. So, <laughs> again, wow. like the linebackers aren't like the greatest in coverage. That's a crazy for, stat. That, like, is, that is crazy. I need to know I, where you got that. Like, that's crazy. <laughs> that That's even um, a stat. Right. Yeah. I, I, I Shout out KP from Niners Nation. I think he had that in uh, one of his uh, preview uh, articles uh, this past week. So I have to reach out to him because I didn't know where you get a stat like that from. Yeah, no, um, that that's a pretty great stat. And I'm sure the 49ers noticed or Kyle noticed. And I could expect that we see Kyle dial up some things uh, to have those linebackers in coverage and expose that just a little bit. So, yeah, like, I, I feel like it could be a good day for Brock Purdy. Like, of course, if he's out there, I'm, I'm not going to be worried about him. I don't think, especially, especially if the 49ers could get the run game going. And I, I really do feel like they can in this one. And that's going to help Brock, you know, just play that complimentary football. That's what the 49ers need right now. I think it could be a day where their offense could get reinvigorated a little bit against this Bengals defense. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be an X, like, this is, I wanna, I'm want. i saying the word X factor again, right? But, I mean, for the entire season, they have to win this game. Like, the yeah. 49ers have to. Like, this is a must-win game, especially going into the bye week, and then you got the Jacksonville Jaguars the week after the bye week, which is going to be a crazy game. I'm excited for that show. Um, so, yeah, that's gonna, that's exciting. Um, but you you want to get this W before that bye week because the Jaguars, that's a, that's a tough team. You know, when looking at the schedule for the rest of the, the rest of the schedule, you got the Jags, the Eagles. I mean, the Seahawks, you know, they're not bad. There's- there are um, no easy games, really. Rest no, of the year, the, the Ravens. The, so that this is a must-win, and the Jaguars game is almost going to be a must-win too, because the rest of the seasons, you know, I, I wouldn't say it's like super hard or anything, but you got some good teams in there. The, the Ravens, the the Seahawks actually yeah. aren't as bad as you think, um, and the Eagles, of course. So um, definitely mark your calendars. But this week is a must-win game for sure. I think so too. It's like one of those weird games where it's like, you know, the 49ers are five and two. So it's, it feels very funny to say like, it's a must win. Right. But when you look at, you know, their aspirations for the season, when you look at what's on tap for the rest of the season, right. You're going into your bye week after this, like you just dropped two games, which you probably feel like you shouldn't have. Exactly. And it's as close to a must win game without like, maybe it like it shouldn't be a must win game as, as you can get yeah. like in week eight. I, I think, I think it'll change the entire like vibe of the team. If they have a week off after a loss, you're going to be dwelling on that. And maybe it'll fuel that fire to, to win out. But at the same time, like, you know, going into that bye week is, is important, you know, because you're going to set the tone for the whole rest of the season that week off. 
Um, and kind of going yeah. into that week off with three losses, three back-to-back losses is a big deal. Yeah, yeah, it is. And especially if, you know, the team feels like the defense didn't play up to their standards again. Like, it could get ugly. Like, we don't want that. So, um, winning cures all. Hopefully that's what the 49ers do on Sunday against the Bengals. Um, Lori, do you have a score prediction for this week? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, 23-21 is going to okay. be my... I, I think it's... I like that. I like that. I think it's going to be a close one, too. I think it's pretty um, good. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to say uh, 24-22 if Brock plays, and I'm assuming you know he does play for this one for now. Uh, hopefully we get some good news on Brock Purdy tomorrow. If not, hopefully we get that good news you know, Sunday morning. Uh, but it's looking optimistic right now for Brock. So 24-22, 49ers squeak out. Um, which should be a, a really entertaining game, hopefully, for all of us. Gammon says he's holding us both accountable for these score predictions. We've been terribly wrong these last two weeks. No, so. I only had one good week. I only had one good week where I was like, where I was kind of like, I said it was going to be a low scoring game. I think it was the one, was it the one they lost? I think I said, uh, yeah. yeah. It was the one they yeah, lost, but I didn't say they were going to lose. I said they were going to win, but it was going to be low scoring. Um, last did, week yeah. I was horribly wrong. So Gammon, I hope I, I hope I redeem myself this week. <laughs> yeah, we got to be right. We got to be right this time. The 49ers have to win too. So um, write it down and yeah. catch up with us next next week, yeah. man. I need you to yeah, hold me accountable, bro. <laughs> yeah, Gammon. Gammon's a real one. He's always he's always watching. Appreciate you, Gammon. Appreciate all of you guys that tuned in, spent some of your Friday with us here. Make sure you like this video, give it a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not yet. Um, and make sure if you're an audio listener to leave us a rating, leave a review. Always appreciate that. But for now, folks, have a good rest of your Friday night. Peace. <laughs>